Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is placeholder intro song. Thank you for joining us for Beardy and the Beast Media Club, a full spoiler discussion into a piece of media. We will not cut out those spoilers like so many cybernetic body parts. If you enjoy what we do, please share us with your friends or join the conversation in the comments or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and as always, we have fellow hunter-warrior, Dev. You know it. Today we'll be discussing 2019's Alita Battle Angel. So Devin, did this piece get its mark or did it manage to escape? All right, so I'm going to go with both. It managed to escape being a bad live-action anime (laughs) and thus hit its mark. To get this out of the way, the the majority of live action anime adaptations aren't bad. We just get the Hollywood ones. Yeah, I actually watched some of the Kenshin ones recently. Yeah, <laughs> I also you know watched Death Note, so I hate it myself. That's why. Like the the American Death Note. Yeah, you might as well have watched the American Dragon Ball Z. I've seen that too. I'm pretty sure we've seen that one together. Dragon Ball Evolution or whatever? Yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Did I just hate watch it? Didn't we all? Maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah, it wasn't was memorable. A... There's no discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in that movie, Yamcha, uh, I believe, was a, uh, was a K-pop star. Like a first-gen K-pop idol. I think so. I All to... I know is after Shameless came out, we finally saw Goku and Bulma get together. <laughs> oh, that Wait. movie was terrible. I know we're like completely off track here, but I didn't realize that James Marsters was Piccolo in Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, June Park was Yamcha. Yeah. I don't know. You remember more about the movie than I do. <laughs> Usually the case with those. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... I was going to say Dragon Ball Battle Angel, Alito Battle Angel. Um, it, though, definitely better than any Hollywood anime adaptation, fell into the same problems as pretty much all anime adaptations, and that was too much for one film. did a little bit of reading on that. I think what happened, because like, I know we've discussed this before, like this was something that Cameron was very passionate about doing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately he didn't get to, to direct it himself. Like a lot of the work that he's done with his documentaries, with a lot of his films was to be able to do Alita. Mm-hmm. He's wanted to do it since like 95. Um, and apparently when Rodriguez took over, who apparently also is a big fan and really wanted to see this project go through, uh, he cut down the script some, which could be why it kind of feels that way because it feels very breakneck. So I think Rodriguez trimmed down the script a bit because well, Cameron isn't afraid to make a three hour movie. Rodriguez might not have felt like he wanted to. I don't even think it should have been a three hour movie. Like I, I don't think they should. In fact, I think they should have trimmed it down. This would have been better served being a, and I say this about all anime adaptations. Um, like the old nine episode HBO or Netflix, you know, 
Yeah. You know, just some hour-long stuff, lots of character development, lots of point of views, and really work with the format. Mm. Um, but to me, this this felt like the first live-action uh, Ronan Kenshin movie of, like, um, the the recent ones. It was, like, the first three story arcs all crammed into one movie. Yeah. And... The first, the first one doesn't have to be universe defining. Mm. Um, like if they were to keep the same story outline as was already there, starting with the, like the whole the whole drama of like I'm not even from Earth or whatever, and I want to be a hunter warrior. Like that could have been the movie, mm. and then you could have had like a second movie, which would have been. Uh, continued hunter warrior the drama with the um motorball motor <laughs> motorball and they could have expanded on that some instead of having that being kind of a fleeting thing yeah um, that's that's fair like i know cameron wanted to do a trilogy with this and this takes up about the first i want to say about the first third of the manga mm. like because it's like nine major volumes mm. And this is the first four. And I think part of that, I mean, it's going to depend on where the storyline ends on the, in the volume, just might need to throw in that fourth volume. Do we think then that they might've tried to remain too true? Possibly. So it's been a long time since I've watched Battle Angel Alita. Mm -hmm. So I know the OVA did a similar thing where it combined a couple of storylines, but I think it took like a beginning and end of the storylines more, you know, much in the same way that Akira did. Mm. So I think he had the vision to help tie it together, but you know, with who knows if this movie will get the sequels that I think it definitely deserves. That could be telling as well. Like I kind of agree, like the motorball stuff kind of feels a little tacked on, but it also, I don't know. I, I feel like it, they integrated it well enough. Like, I'm, I, it doesn't feel tacked on because it didn't fit the movie. It feels tacked on because I want it more. It definitely didn't feel added for, like, action beats or anything. It felt, yeah, it felt out of place because it wasn't actually that meaningful. Everything revolving around Motorball could have, like, easily been stripped from the film, like her participating in it. So, I think... The reason they couldn't, so I, th I think there's kind of two reasons they couldn't, and this is where I, where I say the cut down, mm. like cutting down a bit of the script affects it, is while Motorball isn't something that, like something she's interested in, but, you know, she seems definitely much more interested in being the hunter-warrior. Mm -hmm. Everyone around her is tied to Motorball. Ido, Shirin, Hugo, mm -hmm. all of the you know, the whole plot with Hugo stealing parts, the whole idea of using this to get up to Zolom. It's, it's not integral to Alita's story, but it's integral to the world's story. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it should have been sp split. Definitely mm -hmm. should have been split. And it's maybe they were too afraid to, like, cut things up for an adaptation. Not that I'm suggesting major changes, just simply... Not all crammed into one movie. It felt long. It it really felt long. See, and I always felt it feels 
dense instead of long. This is thinking of the storyline we have, where would we really have a climax to the film? Like how would, like, where would you split this into two parts? You, you could easily do something leading up to um, like the climatic, climactic moment being the showdown uh, with Karushka in the underworld. That could have easily been made into a whole movie on its own. And then you have your down note cliffhanger to whatever the next project is. Mm. The problem with this is it's not a format or a structure that appeals to general audiences because that kind of de density and like constantly pushing the story full forward so we, we can get to the next moment, next moment, just to fit things in to the format doesn't appeal like I like this movie on my first watch, but on this rewatch here, it felt long. It felt too much. Felt like the story just kept going after what I felt would have been a natural end. And that's kind of my opinion. Like pretty much anything I approach discussion from this is from the personal opinion that I think it should have been two movies. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Um, and um, I would have watched both of them and probably enjoyed both of them. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so from my side, if I was going to really kind of cut anything, it would have been, it would have been the ending with Hugo. Like that part is almost what I would have. Yeah. But that's, that is like a very, like if we were to keep it one film, I probably agree. The mm -hmm. problem is that is a very symbolic like scene, I guess you could say. Yeah. It, it's and, and I think that's where where the issue kind of lies with that is you don't know if you're getting another one because, well, there's a track record for these types of films. <laughs> right. Even when you have James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez's names attached to it, there's a track record. So you're going to you're going to put in a story as much as you can and make sure you cover the major points. The, the big reason why I feel like Hugo could have why I would have changed that part is to me, the relationship between Alita and Hugo is the weak point of the film. Oh, agreed. And I think that's where the idea of like, you know, ditching the motorball and stuff comes from. Not because it's not there. It's just because I don't believe the Hugo Alita relationship. I believe Alita. I don't believe Hugo. Oh, for sure. And part, part of the problem that I had with that specific scene um, like if we were to bring this down to a one movie format, I would definitely cut that out. And there probably is a few other things that I'd cut out, but what pissed me off about that scene is it was like, there was almost no lead up. So Alita saves his life. This entire group puts like everything on the line to get him this new to him body. And then as soon as he wakes up, he ditches and he tries to leave. And it's worse than that. Because he was literally, not the most believable thing, but he was literally turning his life around at that time. Where it seems like, huh, maybe I can not look at Zolom. <laughs> and just immediately goes for it. It didn't have the room to breathe. There, there's no logical way they'd be able to fit that in. Mm. Uh, it would have made more sense if he just walked out and gave himself up to authorities. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's... They needed to express his quote unquote inner conflict about Alita and Zalem. And it was a thing that they tried to do. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and if it was, it was, if it was 
two movies, that could have been an entire large like subplot that could have yeah. been explored well. Yeah. Instead of like Motorball didn't feel tacked on, but the ending with Hugo certainly did. Yeah. And they wouldn't have had like I don't even feel like they would have had to do too much with it. Like they could have just literally, you know, not saved Hugo. And everything else still could have played out the same. Though I guess that's kind of important for a Sharin that they saved Hugo. So I'd be more interested with Alita taking that box with Sharin to Ido. Because mm-hmm. we have brain brains, eyes, and hands. Yes. They, they literally can make people with that. Yeah. There's a better connection. Yeah, Hugo's just there. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the part that really hit me while I was watching it. It's, it's, it's not that the story was bad. It was just not believable. And that's a shame because everyone else around this film was believable. Well, it's the thing. He was, in my two-movie arc, his character makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. If the climax of the film ended up being the uh, showdown with Garishka. Mm. And then they're fond with each other. They have a post-scene moment after she gets her new body. Then in the next film, we can start expanding from there, making Hugo a believable character, having his yeah. own storyline. And maybe that's where maybe that's where my dissatisfaction comes from. Mm. Hugo's not enough to bring it together, and an amnesiatic battle girl is not enough to hold a movie together you need those other character relationships yeah well that's why i love like the relationship with um her and ito it feels quick but that's because we don't really have a good idea of the passage of time but i mean their interactions were believable you know it didn't surprise me that she called him father at the end Mm. like they built up to it properly well it's a thing like at no point during it was i questioning how much time has passed yeah. And that can generally be a failure. And that depends on like, it's just how the, the script was crafted. Mm-hmm. It means that there was more affection and concern in the dialogue from point A to point B in an ever growing scale. It just means that you believed the transition. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I thought was probably strong in the script writing, even though the majority of it. How, however well acted or in some cases not um there was a lot of weak writing like dialogue wise <laughs> i didn't mind that too much um I, I mean, it was very actiony type dialogue like yeah film type right? well it's um, well part of it has to do with the the pace of the the movie too i don't see a logical jump from I want to become a, a hunter warrior to standing in the bar and doing some impassioned speech about how we're doing this for the greater good. So there wasn't enough time s- to romanticize the profession. Mm. I don't think, well, I think that's kind of purposeful. I don't think if they tried to romanticize the profession, it wouldn't have worked quite the same way. Cause everyone's going to be like, yeah, no, these guys are not the type of people that are going to, fall into that well it's all uh, from her point of view though right um, so i read it a little bit more as um some of her memories leaking through even though she didn't recognize it like it's that military i'm a commander here's a threat we can see it's a threat step up 
is how I read it. And it ended up being misguided because she doesn't know the world. Mm, I could see a read of that. Like, I don't see the, the log logical progression of it because aside from when she was in combat, that one time we don't have any indication that this is a common occurrence of like bleed through like that. Mm. So, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but like the speech was out of place. It didn't make sense. That's another thing. Like impassioned speech didn't even need to be there. I think we do get the bleed through. This is just the only verbal bleed through. I think at that point we only had the one combat. Wasn't even the one. It wasn't even the combat. It was the way she came down the stairs on her first body. And she's moving like just the way she's prowling down the stairs. All of her movements were, were that bleed through that instinctual. The, the only thing that was exceptional at that point is just how well she adapted to an unfamiliar body. She didn't walk down the stairs. No, she crept. She didn't prowl. <laughs> She was no more than a toddler trying to sneak a peek at Santa Claus. I think there's more to that. And I think that's where they're going with when they're we're talking about how she's instinctively doing this. Same thing when she goes to, when she goes and saves the puppy, like there's that type of movement. So yeah, I would give an in instinctive movement to that. Some type of like battle capabilities, but I don't know. It, it, it still doesn't really change the point though script writing itself was very cheesy i did expect a, at least a little bit more complication to it obviously not as long and drawn out as say ghost in the shell <laughs> i mean it's one of those things it's like and we've talked about this before it's like i always wonder what little things get cut out like even if it's just a minor thing there might have been something else there that just expanded that little bit well and to accentuate that point another problem ends up being the little things that get added in so, like somebody with some influence being like, I don't know, there's definitely has to be flames on the side of that car to make it look cool. You know, like <laughs> that's not important. It's a muscle car. You don't need the flames to make it look cool. It already does look cool. Um, Just to accentuate that point, like things cut out and things added in that shouldn't have been. I didn't see anything about things being added in to the film, like specifically. So it's, it's hard to say. And this is a very different case that quote unquote meddling that we've talked about in other films because well, it wasn't really, it was just slightly different creative directions, but mostly on the same page. So it, I can see kind of why there's a bit of confusion around it. And part of it too, is like, I'm not familiar with the manga itself. Mm. So I don't, I don't know how accurate it is to that. Like it is very possible that, you know, Hugo is what we got, right? And one of those, it could be one of those things where it's like, sure, there's enough in the three volumes, but then the fourth volume, which kind of ties it up, there's not enough. Oh, you mean like how sometimes they'll like amalgamate entire multiple characters into one character or one character becomes multiple characters? Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, there could just be little things missing around that. Um, I think... I think the place where it's again either lengthening it or splitting into two movies, things like I'd rather I'd like to see a little bit more of Sharin and Vector around as well, and just how they're interacting with the world because we don't get near enough Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, like she's she was probably the most complex character. Mm -hmm. Like Sharin 
had very complex motivations and had a very different way of viewing the world while not being a pro protagonist or an antagonist. So there was a lot of interest there, but, you know, one one moment she's, you know, just looking mean and the next moment she's a brain in a jar. I mean, it just goes a lot to speak to, to Connolly. I mean, she wasn't, she didn't have the most, but you could, again, you could feel the conflict that she had. Mm -hmm. And... Right, like the the conflict at seeing Alita the first time. Yeah, we just needed more of her and like her and Ito interacting or her and Alita interacting somehow. Obviously, there's connection. She's going to feel just as connected to Alita as Ito does, even though she doesn't necessarily want to admit it because she's moved on from her daughter's death. <laughs> there was sarcasm there. <laughs> <laughs> if we need more Sharons and no more Sharons. <laughs> she was definitely the most convincing but alita herself it's it's funny to say from like the a character whose facial uh, movements are like computer generated and whatnot that um she was more convincing than the majority of the other characters she was cast really well yeah <laughs> Caswell, um, obviously, like the whole technology thing, but it's even in the little things, like like the simulation of pores, mm -hmm. for example. Like, was it the bo the body acting was definitely mm -hmm. on par. Like, whereas on the other hand, like Ido came off corny. Hugo was unbelievable, and I can't remember if the nurse said anything. He had like what three lines? Yeah. Um. Ido was corny in in a way that I would expect, like even going back to like ideas like, you know, way back like Astro Boy and stuff. It's that uh, it was the right type of corny. Well, I look at it as the other half of the coin when it comes to like our Sharon trope. Mm. Instead of like a child a child actor um hemming it up or like being too childish for the actual age demographic they're trying to portray or not applicable to the scenario that they're in. I saw Ito's acting was um, on the level where you would expect a Sharon to be on the other end for him to be communicating with that Sharon. Mm. But the, the only, the only thing that I believed from him was the, the scene where he was like, you go out there and then you come back right here mm. and like, make sure to wear this. So like, I believe that to it. Mm. see that this is where i kind of go with i mean i guess in a way we're both saying the same thing like the film is a bit rushed it, it's that either split it into another movie or give it a little bit more room to breathe yeah it's all crammed together we're talking about a movie that effectively has three endings mm. <laughs> mm, i disagree with the first fight with um Grushka being an ending that's a midpoint climax yeah how it's displayed in the movie as it is, takes two tweaks to make a, the proper movie climax. Mm. Yeah, I guess no. All right. Again, we're saying yeah. the same thing as in the movie yeah. as it stands is not structured well. Yeah, for different reasons, but yeah, I think it... I mean, the motor, motorball, the motorball thing is an arc on its own. Yes. The, everything up to that was the three arcs preceding it. No, what we're saying is get rid of Hugo so we can hold off on the motorball. <laughs> no, Hugo, Hugo Hugo makes sense if um if it's two movies. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Jubilee was in this film. She was? Yeah, Lena Condor. Koyomi. Huh. It was uh, Jubilee in X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, that's right. Didn't they cast like three different Jubilees in the X-Men films? Uh, <laughs> which is funny because most people like Jubilee. Like, it pretty much goes freaking um, Wolverine and then freaking Gambit, Jubilee, and rogue yeah rogue are all on the same and that's yeah. your two tiers and then it's just everybody else <laughs> what was it about ito that you didn't find believable more i would explain that in detail yeah i guess i'm not i don't i don't quite see it that way i'm just trying to wrap my head around that because then i found their relationship at the very least very believable at the end yeah um at the end and at the beginning but after being repeatedly called out on the differences between him and his previous daughter and after admitting to Alita that it was his former daughter's body, there should have been some type of relationship shift. I'm not saying the negative part is in the relationship. I'm saying the negative mm. part is in the acting of Ito. Okay. Okay. I'm making that fit in my head better now. Yeah, it's it's simply just... Uh, I don't think the lines themselves were any worse than the rest of the lines in the film. Uh, in fact, better than some, <laughs> worse than <laughs> others, like most things. Um, it's the delivery is okay. what did make it believable. And okay. that's why I brought in, like, same coin as a Sharon. Yeah. Sharon technically makes sense in Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's the way that the lines were delivered and, like... Yeah, because Sharon took away from the emotional relationship. Yeah, it should have added to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nope. Now, now I'm getting where the coin flip is. I think that's the part that wasn't connecting. <laughs> to expand upon it, <laughs> even his real daughter wasn't that young. Mm. He babied in such a way. Like I understand how concerned he he was, and how they're like how how she uh, was differently abled, but it's like he was treating Alita as if she was half that age. You know, eight instead of sixteen. Well, I mean, to be fair, they sort of basically said that. Oh, she's older than you thought. <laughs> yeah, but in that case, um, the yeah. difference there was like fourteen <laughs> versus eighteen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I also, I also thought that that particular scene or moment was unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a coming coming of age story, all in a single scene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so. This is one of these things that I wonder if could be explained with the bits of world building we didn't get for like Edo's overprotectiveness in this. Because we actually have no idea what Zolom is like. I don't I don't know where they kicked out. Did they choose to leave? Like if you've got a disabled daughter, why would you choose to leave instead of, you know, being in the higher tech area? I mean all questions so, in hindsight, for the majority of the movie I and I had forgotten most of it. For the majority of the movie, I was wondering if Zolom was just a dead city and there wasn't actually anything up there except automated processes. Mm. Because there was no actual building of anything in Zolom itself. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I, I, you kind of yeah, have to take reason, it how it is. 
Well, the, the re- like th- these are just questions that entered my head through the film mm. as well, and I, I think it kind of can kind of build on that because like it it could have been a different enough type place, which I'm assuming it is, mm-hmm. where you know Ito's literally seeing all of these dangers that even his 14, 15 year old daughter wouldn't have seen anything like it that it could put uh, an extra level of overprotectiveness. And especially when he is, you know, basically, you know, being a bounty hunter, dealing with all of the, all of these not very nice guys, it can explain that overprotectiveness, even though there's well, not necessarily. Well, I didn't have a problem with overprotectiveness. There's a difference between being overprotected and like literally babying somebody. Yes, but not everyone recognizes that. Like the actor. <laughs> I've seen parents that are like that, where they think babying and overprotective is just is the way, way it is. Like, it's not something that it's outside of how I grew up, but I know plenty of people where it's not. This does bring to mind for me, though, one piece I would have liked for them to expand upon to some degree. Wait, what's the city called again? I forgot already. <laughs> Iron City? No, the floating one. Zolom? Zolom. Yeah, you said it like six times, and I've even said I just kept forgetting. (laughs) There's only two things that we know concretely about the culture in Zolom. Because technically, they never even describe Nova's position there. Hmm. They strongly hint at it in multiple places. In Alita's flashback, they're literally talking about how Nova is is their main target for Earn. So that is putting him in a political leadership position. And we know he's been alive for at least 300 years. Point is, we know that they excise weakness Hmm. and effectively import strength. So what was it? Um, Ito and Jiren were removed because of their uh, daughter's inability to move or illness yeah it's it's just there's so little about the culture of zolom that it's hard to consider anything about it um they didn't do a good way to put it is um what we discussed about john wick in the past like john wick never actually tells really says anything about himself it's everyone telling everyone about the fable of john wick no one really tells the fable about zolom it's just it's like an empty aspiration that no one expands upon. See, but that makes sense to me because of the disconnect, right? Outside of Shrin and Edo, Zolom is a myth, is just a myth to these people. Like we're talking 300 plus years, right? But then, but then what's the point of it being an aspiration? Like people make it up themselves to the point where you say, you know, there's streams of gold or some desired resource is plentiful whispers and rumors Mm. it's something that i wish they would have expanded upon and then in the inverse shown the whole like what i was kind of rambling about like excising weakness and importing strength Mm. some of it is like a perspective thing we like other than ito who clearly doesn't want anything to do with all uh, everyone else only just knows that it's the floating city and stuff is sent up there and the trash is sent down so it's just the you know, living in the gated community versus not. All you know is that the gated community is better. And 
we don't get enough time with Sharin, who actually would likely give us a bit more an idea around what Zolan was like. So it's just a it's just a another weakness in the film that I found. See, the thing that I I didn't mind that so much, mostly because of Hugo and Alita's interactions. Because most of the film is coming from Alita's point of view. She doesn't care. Mm. And that's shown very clearly. It's it's just the it's just the idea of the I want not seeing what you have. And I think that's the bigger focus, so it doesn't really matter what Zolom is like. And again, I think that leads back to why it's so weak with Hugo at the end. You don't understand his motiva- motivation why he wants to. Yeah. Other than it's not the slums. Yeah. Right. And that's generally not enough. Like, at least in the gated community, people would say the gl- grass is literally greener over there, or there's less crime, or et cetera, et cetera, right? Like... There's always a foundational reason more than it's not here. Is it not enough that they clearly hype it out that the, you know, biggest reward for being the sports ball champion is getting to go up to Zolom? Like, isn't that enough for like most people to go, oh yeah, clearly that's what I want. Do you need, I'm questioning is like, do we need that exploration? Well, if I was like, "Hey, Devin, if you if you do six uh, slam dunks in that sports ball net, I'll send you to Kasumi Land." Mm. You don't know what Kasumi Land is. Probably know it's just a land where there's lots of pointy things. <laughs> you're always like, you're always walking, you know, shin into coffee tables. Mm. That's Kasumi Land. Yeah, it's just a lack of motivation there, and part of it would again just stems down to the fact that it was just too much for one film yeah. as an anime uh, slash manga adaptation from the Western market. It's strong mm. as a unique standalone movie. It's pretty average. I do give it bonus points for the technology because I believe the CG. Yeah. The computer graphics in this were top notch. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have unbel- characters that aren't believable motivations that don't make sense. Uh, corny characters and just too much i gotta think on this thanks drew <laughs> i mean i would i would still give it a yeah. positive rating yeah yeah um, <laughs> because you really do have to consider what it is and in the mar what marketplace it is yeah. like if i wanted to introduce someone into anime or comic books this would be a strong show yes um, this and the Scar Joe Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. Um, for well, I mean the Scar Go, Scar Joe Ghost in the Shell would probably be the best technically because everybody loves Black Widow. Yeah, except people who watch Black Widow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't even seen it, but I still maintain it's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, if I were to show somebody this, I would definitely turn off the film right at the point where Hugo was saved and he was lying on that table. Mm. Cut everything else off myself. Yeah, I, honestly, that's where I think it needed to. I don't think they wanted to end it on quite that type of down note. And I think that's probably why they pushed in that last little bit. Is it? She's not a criminal. They think he's dead. He lived. 
it it feels like an Empire Strikes Back type ending, whereas the with the ending of in her and the, the murder ball, you get that defiant aspect, which kind of uplifts the emotion of the film. Again, uh, assuming you're, even though we know they want to make sequels, them assuming that they're not going to get that, it's not the best point to to end the film. It's a it's a major problem with perspective. I think I've I've been getting this theory for a while. I've been thinking about this theory for a while. A lot of the time, we have a problem with a movie like this. It's because the consideration that we always give is we know they were concerned they wouldn't be able to get a sequel. I think they should still pursue the vision with the intent that there should be a sequel. And if there isn't, then, I mean, that sucks, but at least we get a good story that makes sense and we don't have Hugos running about. That's fair. Again, this is where I said at the the beginning too, like I'm not familiar enough with the manga. Mm Mm-hmm to be able to say how this worked. So I can think of other pieces of media that I'm, I'm familiar with. Uh, I think the golden compass is, is an example of this. They, they ended the first film in a, in a slightly different place than the books. Like they ended it like a chapter or two beforehand. And it, the story felt so out of place and made me go, I don't know how they're going to continue this. If, not that they ever made the second film. So I wonder if there's a consideration there as well. That that chunk that we would say put into another film just might not have been a good kicking off point for another film. It's weird just kind of looking at the uh, the old wiki, the old Gummin wiki. It looks like Hugo and Alita met in the third arc, the Hunter-Warrior arc fell in love and that's where he died and the motorball arc is legitimately just the next arc after that yeah and that's the the, they did merge kind of the two arcs together probably an attempt to give hugo some more meaning that's honestly that's that's probably actually that's probably where both of our troubles come in me thinking it's too long and too much and you just with hugo it's definitely not a case, as I suspected beforehand, that it was trying to stay too true. I yeah. think it's more a case of, I think this might have been greed. This might have been graphic greed. Mm. Maybe they did a treatment and it was just the first three and like they didn't like the flow. Yeah. Like I could see that being a case and then just tossing in motorball. It is action-y and they can drive some... Yeah. It, honestly, from... From what I understand, they even like skipped a good portion of the motorball arc. Mm. And reading what I'm reading here, it's it seems like they just like stripped out some key pieces, it talked, tacked it onto the Hunter Warrior arc, and then hope it made sense. Probably to, I think you're very correct in your analysis, to make Hugo have more meaning. Yeah. Honestly, I I didn't mind Speed Racer that much, but I would, I would take this over. A Dragon Ball. Oh yeah, Speed Racer was exactly what I wanted for it to be. (laughs) That's that is very true. (laughs) I have no problems with Speed Racer. It's exactly what I expected from a Speed Racer film. He he barrel rolled a car and shot a laser out his butt. Like that's all you need. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But see, that's 
that's kind of the inverse to this though. I would actually inverse is the in, incorrect term, but that was a great adaptation. But as a movie, it was just terrible. Mm. What was carrying it was the fact that it was an adaptation where this is, and like, just to add some positivity to what I mentioned earlier, I said this is a mediocre movie that's still miles above the majority of Western adaptations. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it, um, it can only be considered bad as a movie if you start comparing it to Japanese manga adaptations. Like, I heard the Attack on Titan stuff is really solid. The Kenshin stuff is good. Oh, what's his name? Oh, it was actually pretty good. I need to know now. <laughs> I feel this stands closer to some of those Japanese ones. Some of them, not all of them. You know, while you're looking that up, I think this could kind of go back to that same type of thing. Like, this is clearly... Later the done Immortal. By... Mm. Clearly done, sorry. <laughs> it's, this is clearly done by people who are familiar with the source material, have a passion for it, and had the means to have no one necessarily say no or point out mm. where things are. So it's, it's almost... It, it, it's almost too much familiarity to to change your perspective on that we have uh okay this because it's it's really con um complex so it was uh cameron and um rodriguez so rodriguez is so cameron wrote it in part mm -hmm. and then rodriguez directed it yes and then Cameron produced it. Yeah. So, and they're both fans. So we have a case where the director is not necessarily going to push back on, the producer is not going to push back on the screenplay. The director is not necessarily going to. And then as long as the vision is expressed in an appropriate way, the producer is not going to push back on the director. Like it's just this serious case of like, I wouldn't give it, you know, the go for it, but yeah. what you're saying, like, no one to say no, yeah, is apt. I think that is a good explanation of what might have occurred. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is where I kind of go to like the, it looks like it was about 60 pages of the script. So about a third of the script was removed from what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. That's, it should have been two movies if a third of the script was gone. They well, two, two and a half hour movie is not unusual for Cameron. I wouldn't have watched a two and a half hour <laughs> movie. I don't think it's strong enough for two and a half hours. But again, like what would the strength, like it's speculation kind of beside the point. Yeah. That's yeah. It, it, I it, agree with that. Because we're both saying, sure. You wouldn't watch two and a half hour one, but you'd watch two, two hour ones. Yes. Right. So I think what could have happened then. So Rodriguez cuts down the script a bit. Fine. But you have two fans and they're going, oh, but this is important, but this is important. These are the important story beats that need to be there. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of the connective tissue is what got cut. And, and I think that kind of fulfills both of our issue with the film. It's they wanted the beat. So a bit of the connective tissue got lost nowhere near as bad as, you know, some films that I've seen where it's literally just Here's, <laughs> here's here's the cool scene like they kept it tied together but just not as robust as it should have been be it 
expand the movie by half an hour or make it into two. Either way, we needed the film to, like there, we've said in many films, it needed to have more room to breathe one way or another. Yeah, it definitely either needed more room to breathe or just a whole bunch to be cut out. Yeah. And I probably if I cut out a bunch of stuff. I probably would be complaining about it right now. So, yeah. I mean, to, <laughs> to analyze my myself, I would definitely be like, but they cut out a bunch of stuff and they didn't even try to stay true and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, I know how I am. Apparently yeah. in this top 10 list, Alita Battle Angel actually scored better than the Ronan Kenshin movie, which huh. given the first Ronan Kenshin live action and the fact that it felt even more cramped. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like just from a, like the story beat point of view, I agree with that. I did find the Kenshin Roni, movie more entertaining. The problem with the Kenshin movie, the first one, because I, I think the, the later ones yeah, they much better. Yeah. But I mean, you have a, you know, you take an anime that's what, 96 episodes in three arcs and put all of the first third into a single two hour movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, and they did the exact thing that you're talking about in the second and third movie, where they split the arc, they split the second arc. Now, at the same time, again, much like the Kenshin film, knowing it's like, where do you where do you cut it? <laughs> and Just scrap Kenshin, make a Sanosuke movie, and you're good. There was not nowhere near enough Sanosuke <laughs> <laughs> in that film. Yeah. <laughs> And that being said, like, I liked Kenshin more, but Alita was less cramped than Kenshin was. Yeah. And it was still cramped. Yeah. It's the one thing the live action version of Ghost in the Shell did right. Or one of the big things that it did right was it made Ghost in the Shell less dense without taking away from Ghost in the Shell. And that's not easy. And that, well, that's part of that could be part of it, too. I mean, like, Alita is, again, one of those seminal cyberpunk films stories right it's right up there with ghost in the shell it's right up there with akira so i don't envy the person who's got to figure out a way to to trim the fat on i, I have film like this i have the same response <laughs> every single time you're gonna do a live action make it a short series yeah so like ovas or whatever i would have much preferred and i'll say this every time like this is oh, yeah. not just directed at uh you know but I would have preferred uh, this to be six one-hour episodes. Yeah. It could have it's, played better. They could have expanded on every character. It's knowing the medium. And, I mean, we're getting a lot more of these limited series. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, even at the time, like, the time they were making Alita, it was still before that. Right? The movie came out in 2019, but, I mean, you've been working on it since, what, 1995. <laughs> Really? Yeah, in 2019, I wouldn't be saying Netflix. I'd probably be saying like HBO. Yeah, but but even then, this is like I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. It's it's this is one of those films that was kind of produced and like kind of in the cusp as we're getting more of these better limited run series, right? And again, it's you've spent the better part of two decades trimming it down to this, and then. You'd have almost the same issue expanding it to that afterwards, right? Like Cameron was passionate enough about this that he 
delayed the sequels to Avatar <laughs> to get the effects and stuff done. This one. I mean, this, this it, film's better than Avatar. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even joking. That's not a flippant oh, oh. true joke. Oh, I actually. Oh. I mean, Alita's body was like uh, her berserker body, but definitely was made out of unobtainium. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's also the metal that they use to uh, make the drill in the core, which gets harder the hotter it gets. All right. That being said. If I was a warrior hailing from Urn, my number would be 65. I think I would be, honestly, 79. Thinking about this movie movie more critically did not do any favors for it. Yeah. I remember really enjoying this film the first time I saw it. And when you put this on the list, I was like, sweet. I like that film. Yeah. Having watched it with a more critical eye, especially when it comes to... Things like character development, plot progression, linear or otherwise, and trying to be objective about the way characters interact with themselves. Honestly, I probably lost 15 watching. Yeah, can't. I mean, my opinion is definitely a little bit more subjective. I love this film. <laughs> it's a good film. Because <laughs> yeah, if you're right, uh, if, if, if I, the criticisms that we kind of discussed are, they're the same criticisms I had before anyway mm. it was that so that's you, never something that's taken away from my enjoyment if i'm being a bit more objective yeah i'd have to go nice <laughs> um but i mean that be, that being said you have more of a habit of watching films more critically than me in a non-structured setting yeah like i hop in and i want to see people punching people with lasers like yeah you know I liked the X-Men movies. Yeah. I mean, they're bad. Yep. <laughs> but I like them because you want to see a dude with claws and a dude with laser eyes and uh, like a girl who can run through walls or shoot fireworks at their hands. Yeah. Um, hashtag do a Generation X remake. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest movie of all time after Black Widow. What we need is we just need more superhero movies. Obviously. <laughs> um, anyway, anyways, yeah, to, to the point, this is a great entry vehicle for getting someone interested into in, these characters. If you wanted to, say, get them on to watching something like like a, an anime or alternatively uh, getting into the comics, mm. much like how Ghost in the Shell would be a great entry vehicle. Regardless of the plot points they like the the issues we both raised with the film i like think we're, we're both in agreement of i want more of this though oh yeah I, I, like they set up a good world they set up interesting mostly interesting characters at least the ones that survived <laughs> that i want to see more i want to see alita you know finishing erm's mission and taking out nova well it didn't or, well i guess that's the thing it to just boil like everything that we've discussed down to was they seem to include so much because they were worried about not having a sequel, but left so much in the air mm. that it really needed one anyways. I, I think Nova should have been like, I didn't mind that he was mentioned throughout, but 
you know, they could have done something like not have him take control of people. So he stays the emperor, the nebulous emperor that we don't see in the, the first film. Just I mean, no, he exists. <laughs> well, I mean, the taking control thing would have been like a pretty cool point in a second movie. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, just little things like that. But no, I want more. I, I love this world. I love watching like Rosa Salazar was fantastic. Well, they had, they had her in a like a body get up too, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, so most of it was there and most of the motion capture was so they could keep her and so they could expand her eyes to give it that more anime look while still keeping most of her, most of her there. I'm still amazed. I, I wasn't bothered about it. They did something with it that didn't like uncanny valley it for me, mm-hmm. yeah. which like one would think it's impossible, but it didn't take long for you to get used to it. Yeah. There was only a few angles where I was like, eh. Yeah. What they did for her, they thinned down the entire bottom of her face. So it was a triangle from the base of her neck outwards. Yeah. Instead of just having a pointed chin. Like that yeah. was what was weird to me. Mm-hmm. I know that's a nitpick, <laughs> but. Um, but no, it's saying something that they managed to do that. And it's, yeah, it doesn't take you out of the film that mm-hmm. she's got these bigger eyes. I mean, like, they they did a lot of things visually. It was amazing. Like, apparently, they actually had, like, a bunch of X game players, like skaters, yeah. to do all the motorball stuff. More importantly, I still don't have my one-wheeled motorcycle, even though that's been something that people have been trying to get off the ground for, like, decades. Yeah. I mean, you, get those sco- you get those one-wheel scooters, like, in Carolyn Tuesday. I have seen those. Anyways... <laughs> What's the Angela cut? <laughs> Hashtag remake Generation X. With that, this has been Beardy and the Beast Media Club. Join us next time where we discuss the Foggy Isle Film Festival in a special interview with Ashley Good. As always, if you enjoy what we do, uh, give us a like and a share, or join the conversation in the comments or at our Discord full list of services that we're available on is at beardyandthebeast.com. Later.